H-Worders, hi! Hey, Welcome. H-Word Posse! How's it going? Hi, how's it going? How's it going? How are you? Uh, me? Or them? No, I'm talking to the audience. Oh, yeah, I'm audience, reading. how you doing? You know what? Yeah. Tweet at us right how? now. How you doing? How are you? This is great. How are you? Seriously? Yeah, seriously. Like, you can tell us. Yeah, we're tell us friends. how you are. We're best friends with each other, but we're second best friends with you. That's right. And who are we? I'm Dan. I'm Becky. We're in. We're this is the this is the H word. Oh, yeah, we're the, in separate parts of the country. This is the H word, and we are in a different kind of mood. It feels like. <laughs> I feel like getting a little silly, you know. Yeah, I'm feeling a little um, slap Whatever. happy. Feeling a little, sure. Feeling a little. Um, I can't really lay claim to this term, but bushed. It's a term I le- learned up here from when you're in the bush too long and you get nuts. But I'm not that. Oh, I thought it just meant tired. Uh, not but up, it means not up like here. Woods crazy. Yeah, you've been huh. in the woods too long you bushed um i'm not feeling that but i definitely am not seeing as much sunlight as normal it's making me feel weird um Mm. plus last night i was in haynes junction and okay is that an underwear store (laughs) nope it's a okay town i'm gonna say okay there is a mayor but that's where i was performing and i went out to i found a bar go to the bar if you go to Haynes Junction right on the highway and um Monica makes a mean Long Island iced tea I'll tell you what (laughs) (laughs) it was a generous pour and a great value if you like to get really drunk and full of sugar which I did one time I was at a bar in rural BC like in the mountains and uh, it was a small little bar and we were uh we just happened to see that behind the bar was a, a taped up a uh, piece of paper that just had two cocktails on it. It said rum and Pepsi, and it said zombie, and the recipes for both. <laughs> the recipe for a rum and, and a, Pepsi seems yes, which is it's 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 its own recipe. Was there but... a secret ingredient like an olive or something? No, it just said like one shot of rum and then Pepsi, and then the zombie had like I think a bunch of different booze in it. Is that what a zombie has? I, I think so. Is it a tiki drink? It might be. I don't know, but it did feel like this is all you could get here if you wanted. That's a, that's. I mean, at least there's a zombie. That's fun. It yeah, might, it was fun. It might have cola in it too. What were you doing it there? Uh, shooting a movie. Nice. This was a this was a bowling alley with a bar attached to it. Oh, the heater started again. Well, <laughs> oh, here we are. Here we are. There's going to be a little buzz, and you know what? Here at the H Word, we just don't give an H. That's right, and we get buzzed all the time. <laughs> we get messed up in rural communities. Yeah. Um, it's um, it's gotten warmer. It's uh, 20 below now. Oh, good. Which... Um, that is significantly warmer than 47 is what it was. Yes. Um, oh, I, I did the thing where I filled up a pot with boiling water and chucked it in the air. Uh, and there's a viral video on YouTube. Well, there's a video on <laughs> so, YouTube no, that viral. you can see. Uh, I didn't <laughs> okay, put it sorry. on yeah. YouTube. It's on, I think, Twitter. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. Well, find it. But you should put it on the account. Okay, I'll put it on the account. I'll retweet it. You should follow yeah. us at the H Word Pod it on, on everything. And H Word. Yeah, uh, put it on Instagram too. Okay. Okay. I'll this is our social media consult yeah, while we do the show. <laughs> Just getting going on the social media. If you guys have any requests, please let us know. Um, what's oh, yeah. Hit us up with any requests. And also, how are you? How are you guys? Yeah, guys, we can't keep thinking you're talking to me. <laughs> there was a pause where I could tell you thought I was Why talking Why would to you be talking to me when all of our second best friends are listening? <laughs> That's um, right. How, how would you, Dan, how would you define yourself this week? How are you feeling? Oh, watching so much of Netflix is The Circle. Oh, what's that? Um, Oh, you don't know? Oh, I've, I've you got to get on board. There's um there's very limited um internet in the places I've been. So I'm I just found out about that disease. We'll talk about that. In a um minute. yes, novel coronavirus. Yeah. Okay, let's yes, talk about the circle first, then we'll get into coronavirus. Okay. The circle. Let me sum it up as quickly as I can. It's a reality show that tries to um use the fundamentals of social media as a means of interacting and eliminating contestants oh wow yes so contestants come in they are either representing themselves or they are 
being a catfish or in a lot of cases somewhere in between and um what <laughs> so they're just they li- are trying just liars to, well it, I, I would tell you but the the basically those are the only twists okay. that, in the show so i won't reveal them. i'm not gonna watch um, it but our, our second best friends might so we shouldn't spoil it exactly uh and it is uh, every, I don't know, I guess couple of days, you uh, rate just who is the most popular person in the circle. Uh, the circle is a voice-operated computer in your condo that they put you in. It's It's got a quasi-prison feel, like, <laughs> like if prison big, were, like, super cushy. But, like, Big Brother felt like a prison, too. Well, yeah, exactly. But there's no there's no face-to-face interaction. Um so uh it's all voice activated and you only get texts and pictures so of the other contestants so uh you're you're left to decipher the meanings but also connect with people it's uh anyway what it does is it is it allows um since these people are spending so much time alone i they do know they're being watched absolutely they're sort of narrating everything they do their thoughts and stuff but um you do get a lot more private moments than you do in normal contestant reality shows so much so that there's a lot of very interesting human elements okay um, i'm sold i'm gonna watch it yeah yeah Yeah. i recommend it and and it it feels um i guess i guess it's kind of the answer to my question to to the to to the question for me this week oh good um because it feels like (laughs) it feels like the kind of show that we would make if everything in the world were fine you know like if there weren't if there weren't like huge world ending catastrophic disasters impending and sort of tightening like a vice around us. Right. This this would be the perfect next step in reality television and the internet. It would be like, oh yeah, because it just feels it actually does feel quite fun, like a fun use of all of these things. Even though it it sort of has an awareness that these things are kind of a bit toxic to us, but um it does it does play with them in a very fun way. And it felt like, oh, it's so much so much nicer to like live in the parallel world that this show exists in. Well, it's like it's uh, like the masked singer. Live in our own. Like it's just hopeful yes, the masked singer. Yes, which I think we've talked about on other episodes. No, I think that was my yeah, first or second or something. Yeah, it's come up, but like this is interesting because I um, was talking to a buddy in L.A. Uh, who said like this is what needs to happen now. You can't ha- you can't be bleak in your pitches, but that scares me. It scares me to that you can't be bleak. Well, I mean, I I get it. Like, I mean, this this podcast exists because we don't want to just be humdrum bum bums. If, if I may be so bold. Yeah, I mean, it's a bold take, but I like it. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty pretty rude, sassy language, but um, you yeah. know, like it's it is forward moving and hopeful, obviously. But but it's I'm a little I'm concerned about the the line where it's just distraction. You know. You're concerned about the line where it's distraction. Yes, absolutely. And does and the circle feel especially, like that? Um, oh, well, 100%. Yeah. It, 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 I think it's unabashedly a distraction. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, just think, I just think the line uh, the line is like, you know, is distraction bad? Is there too much? Are we doing it too much? Um, well, and this is, yeah. okay, so being up here in the Yukon, this is interesting because um, I am literally up here to be a distraction from the winter. And this is the feedback that um, that I'm getting from people. People are like, thank you, we need to laugh now. The world is difficult. And also, um, all people talk about is the isolation of winter. Like, you're mm. very beholden to your home up here because you have to put, if you don't put wood in the fire, everything freezes and explodes. So people will like go back home in the middle of the day to, to do that and stuff like that. So this is their, right. their life in the winter. So like coming out to laugh is important. So I don't know, but I feel guilty about it. I feel like it's not enough. Mm-hmm. Like myself as yeah. a comedian, I'm like, is this helpful? <laughs> you know? Right. Well, this is this is returning to your central question: is how far into the apocalypse do we keep doing improv? Uh, that's um, that's went viral. <laughs> that's my my <laughs> only viral activity. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, yeah. of course, you'd base a podcast off your off, off your viral content. Yeah, I mean, you got to. You, you should now roll. You should now go back to that tweet. 
You should go back to that tweet, reply to it and say, hey, guys, amazed this blew up. Check out my podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't have anything to plug. My follow up, my follow up tweet to it was just like, oh, no, it's, it's the only thing I'm good at. And you like this too much. You're going to have to feast on my bones. Um, but you know what? The H word is going to go dig it up and retweet it. I'll find it. <laughs> right. I love it. I want to get even you can even screen grab it and put it on the thing. You know, they do that sometimes. You screen grab it? Like Yeah, you ever see a tweet you ever tweet see a tweet show up on Instagram? Oh, is that Kuth? <laughs> oh, anything's Kuth now, baby. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the, yeah. the um coronavirus is coming for us. That's right. I got internet again when we sort of came out of the, the slow internet zone and read about coronavirus. Now you probably know more than I do, so you can be my news right now. But I I literally was like, oh, I just launched a podcast. <laughs> Are we all going to die? Yeah. First world problem. I mean. Not now. Aww. If we all die, I guess hope, yeah. hope is fine. The world will be much better. So that's good. Um, yeah. What's, <laughs> well, up with the, uh, what's up with coronavirus? I will give you the sim- I'll give you a similar kind of rundown quick as I can. Great. Efficient circle style. Thank you. Um there have been, I believe, a couple hundred confirmed cases, uh-huh. uh, mostly centered in Asia. Yeah. Um, uh, with a with a wide range of severities. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I think something like seven or ten deaths so far, but like, um, it's obviously the large majority not dying. Um, and they were they were thinking it was just animal related, like uh, like only went animal to animal they now believe it goes human to human uh sorry animal to human now it goes human to human and first confirmed u.s case in washington state today yes, that's what i saw and uh, so i'm i'm not too far away up in the yukon i mean i guess that's I right you're not maybe i'm as far um, as you are <laughs> but uh apparently he's not that sick it's just like he's been quarantined and he has the virus but He's not that sick. But just because he's not sick doesn't mean someone else couldn't be when they get it from him because people... Exactly. Yeah. Okay. But you're considering not going to the United States because of this. Well, this that was a, that was the private side of the conversation. Okay, Stacey. Yes. <laughs> well, no, no, I it's said, fine. It's I fine. said, let's talk about this. Should we tell her to cut this out? <laughs> um, no, I'm just, I'm just like, I, I'm, recon- I, I'm reconsidering going to uh, the West Coast, you know. Yeah. Because I'm projecting a month and a half, two months in the future when, like, oh, things have gotten so much worse. Because, you know, we come, you and I both come from Ontario. Well, no, you come from BC. But did you live in Toronto during SARS? Yes. Because it is SARS related. It's like, it's SARS adjacent. Yeah, it was very, very bad. And I live um, not too far from the mental institution. And yes. that was a very bad scene because nobody was allowed to go inside. Oof, that was rough. I certainly wow. saw, so people had to go get their medication like on park benches in front of the building. But it was, and it took me, after that, it took me three years to get a GP because there was this crazy backlog of all this stuff. It was very, very and, and, and of course people died as well, but like the impact, like the city, parts of the city broke down as a result. So yeah, wow. it's, it's serious. What year was that? Two thousand. 2003. Five? Oh, three. The year of the blackout? What? I don't know. What a year. But it was... Yeah. SARS and then a I blackout? I think it was 2003. Ugh. Why, why do we think that things are bad now? That was rough. Big baggy pants, frosted <laughs> tips, blackout, SARS. Yikes. Yeah. What a time. Um, but yeah, I understand. I was in... I was in Montreal at the time, so SARS felt like a sort of distant event, but like, I know how serious it was, mm-hmm. and... um and uh, I'm not that interested in going into that if that's what's going on. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to call an audible. You know, I'm going to like wait and see. Yeah. There's a really good, um, that Netflix series explained. There's a really good episode about epidemics, I think. That's what I saw recently. But it goes into the SARS epidemic, which was terrifying because um, it was transmitted through particles in the air. But in Hong Kong, when they do the map of like how it spread through apartment buildings, it's like it went from one apartment building like across the street through the air to another. That's. Oh, boy. Yeah. That's what that's why SARS was so difficult because it was so easily transmitted. And it was just like fly around in 
in um, ventilation systems and shoot out onto another building and still be going. Oh, man. Do you want to know what made me feel um, hopeful? <laughs> no, wait, wait. Sure, please. No, what do you have? No, 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 go. No, um, no. Okay. I read an article. Um, so I've been saying I was looking for like just news stories that would maybe be hopeful. And I have so far been uh, not inspired by everything I found, except for this one. This is from The Walrus. It is by Bruce Mao, and it was published on November 14th, 2019. Oh, my mother's birthday. Um, so it's it's a recent article, and it's it's titled "Is the World Getting Better or Worse?" And one of the things that's very nice about this article, I highly recommend reading it because he seems quite intelligent, and I'm a bit of a information sieve. But it sort of runs down two options for humanity: one that's driven by possibility, and one by negation. Um, and one of the things that's really nice about it now it it is a as with as with all um, discussions of hope that I enjoy, it's it's balanced. It's not just like everything's fine, you know. But it does sort mm -hmm. of list out the ways in which humanity has gotten our lives have gotten much better and much more comfortable. Part of the problem of you know overpopulation is that we can live and survive. Um, but it was sort of nice to think about, and also to think about, especially this is a section on automation. And automation to me is extremely scary. I don't like hmm. self-driving cars. I don't want um, workers to be put out of their jobs. But it, the there's a way of looking at automation, though, that I think a lot of people look at it uh, in that I don't, which is it frees us up to do other things. And it allows people to work in the sort of softer worlds of humanities and arts, um, innovation, technology, things that require our brains. And if everybody got to work in that way, then wouldn't we have a nicer and happier society? I'm not unpacking these thoughts as well as he does in the article, um, but thinking about freeing people from never having to do a job they wouldn't want to is nice. Now, also, I think that, I don't know how we're gonna make all these robots, and I'm very scared of change and innovation because I think I think that we've just civilization sort of has a big impact on the environment. So I don't know, right. but just framing and, and also I'm, I don't know why like I'm one of those people who's weirdly scared of medicine, even though I know vaccines are good. Like I'll get vaccines. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. But I still am like, ugh. any, every time we make another move and learn something else, something goes wrong. We shouldn't, we shouldn't keep doing new stuff. You know, we've got wind turbines, but they're, they're changing the weather. You know, that kind of thing. Anyway, right. But there's a way. It seems very, the, the, the way you're presenting it, it seems very uh, rose colored. Because that's, well, the other half of it, uh, the other half of the argument is also in this article <laughs> of like, right. and yet, you know, we've, we've figured out ways to get wealthier. The middle class outnumber the poor. And yet, you know. Yeah. Where is this thing? And this is a Canadian perspective. Um, but it was like the, oh, I'm going to get the numbers wrong like the most, the, the richest like 18 families in Canada have, oh, here it is. Oh, not 18. Uh, the wealthiest 87 families have a net worth equivalent to everyone in Newfoundland and Labrador, Prince Edward Island and New Brunswick combined. So, you know, hmm. and, and again, I'm, this sort of, this article breaks down both sides of it. Like, the one that I believe in, I think, which is that we'll just try to protect ourselves and everyone's going to kill each other. But it's nice to even be reminded that there's another way to look at things. And that moving yeah. forward um, will probably continue to be, as it always has been, a combination of both. Mm -hmm. And and that's something that, I mean, for me, it was just useful to not be thinking so gloomily. And up here... Um, one of the things that's been really wonderful to see is how community works together because it has to. And that's, right. that's something that one can feel very alienated from in a big city where it's like, we are all working together, but there's no sense of that. Yeah. A little. You less. know, I do get, I, I do get a sense of that a little bit, like in the very smallest way, living in a building. Yeah. <laughs> I live in a big building and I do get a sense of like, this is, there are a lot of benefits for humans coming together and yeah. putting themselves in one place. Oh, interesting. Like what? Like, what do you like? Oh, like, um, 
you know, like because of the way the building's set up, you get hot water right away. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> like know? everybody does. Yeah. 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 Um, because we need a we need a whatever a boiler or whatever that that that's works in this fashion. So this is the way we have to build it for this many people to live here in one place. And it's like so because of that, you get a kind of nice little benefit. Were you in Were you in Toronto? Back to the blackout. Were you in Toronto during the blackout of I believe also two thousand three? No, you were in Montreal. Yeah. Was there a blackout there? May have been. I don't remember. Oh, you would have remembered. It lasted days. Days? Okay, no, not not. Yeah, not you there. don't. No, you don't remember the huge blackout? Like it was like huge parts of the United States. I think it started in Ohio. I remember when New York City blacked out, yeah. Yeah, Toronto was completely dark then too. And that was interesting. Right. And that was that was a mix of both. Um, that was, you know, like all the bars were like, well, cheap beer, everything's going warm. And mm. and it was in the summer and, and the everything stopped, um, I wanna say around five or 6 p.m. or something. I remember this because I was supposed to go do an improv show on the east side and um, I was like buying something at a store and the cash register stopped and I looked outside. Or then I, I was like, well, I'll just leave you the money. Fine, we know how much it is. Went outside and just saw a streetcar stopped in the middle of the street. I was like, mm. what's going on? But it was still daylight. Anyway, kind of sent a message to these guys being like, ah, I think something's happened and there's like the power's out in Parkdale. And then it was like, no, everywhere it's out. But it was, no, you couldn't get money. You couldn't get cash out of a machine. Right. So if you didn't have cash on you, it, you know, what was going to happen? So like, this was a place where it was like, okay, well, what what do I do? Well, I know this corner store owner. I've been shopping there for years. So maybe they'll sell me stuff on credit. They will. You know, people, wow. uh, the corner stores were also just giving away ice cream because it was the middle of the summer and everything's melting. So all the frozen stuff all is right. like, eat it. Um, and it's so like, and, and the, the really magical thing is like you could see the Milky Way in Toronto. Right. And wow. I definitely was like, I mean, I thought of it uh, yesterday when we were out in Haynes Junction because it's so dark out there. It's like you can really see stars. And I was like, right. I remember. Right, and that's an, under, that's an underwear store? Yeah, or? and at, at, a, at a cool outlet mall, they've just painted stars everywhere <laughs> on the ceiling. <laughs> but yeah, like looking up and going like, this is a singular experience. This isn't probably going to happen again until yeah. you know society collapses in five years. But um Yeah. Uh but watching people all come together and then I made like kind of a second round of Parkdale and I was like, oh, that free beer is going down fast. <laughs> the, uh, right. the, the vibe is changing. So I kind of felt like the whole swing of civilization yeah. collapsed. But part of it was really fun. Kids out like on the street at night looking up at the stars. Yeah. It was really, and like, and everybody kind of like seeing a kid looking up at stars in the city of Toronto, like a four or five year old. You're like, this kid's maybe never seen this if they don't leave the city. Right. And there's like a joy in seeing that and like a neighborhood communityness that was happening. And like, you know, you check on your neighbors too. There's elderly people in the building. We lived in a walk up. So I was like, make sure everyone's okay. I don't know. Huh. He did. That's cool. I remember Kurt Smeaton. Because that, that's the kind of like, that's the kind of oft forgotten part is like people with artificial lungs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Or just can't make sure they have food, make sure they have water. Kurt Smeaton lived in this like huge high rise downtown. I remember him saying that he spent the night just like walking people down 17 flights of stairs and in the dark. Right, yeah. And stuff like that. But like, so this is, that's pretty it's pretty cherry pie hopeful, but it's like I've seen it happen. Yeah. People oh, didn't yeah. My have, place people didn't have money, people didn't have food, and they didn't all stab each other. <laughs> right. What were you gonna say? My place becomes my place becomes a real disgusting hole when the power goes out and I have to take thirteen flights of thirteen floors of stairs down. Does the power go out a lot? No, no. Uh it has like one time, but like uh I just, it struck me as soon as it did. It was like, it went, got really cold <laughs> instantly and uh, had to go up and down that many stairs. It was like, oh yeah, this really needs power to be a good place. Yeah, yeah. And that's the that's the sort of notion here. Like, you know, we on this drive, this two hour drive we did, it's very remote. The car's all full of survival gear and, and uh, sleeping bags and all this stuff. And you're like, yeah, the sense of sort of, 
checking in with your own survival out here is something I'd like to take home with me a bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, like we should be a bit closer to knowing how to take care of ourselves. I would like to be anyway. <laughs> I used to know how to fish and I've like forgotten. Got to learn that again. Right. Like, maybe I'll just stay. <laughs> so you have an interview for us? Mm-hmm. I do. Um, this week it's with Peter Jickling from Whitehorse. Pretty excited about that. It's pretty cool stuff. Right. And that's what we're going to be listening to next. How are you guys doing now? Yeah, how are you guys? How, how's this been? You never you? answered. Yeah. How are you? Well, tweet us, find us on okay. stuff, and listen to this. Oh, I'll do an extra at the end. Okay. Listen to me and Peter chat. Okay. Bye, Dan. All right. Bye. Hey, everyone. Uh, this is Becky. I'm back with Peter Jickling in Whitehorse. Hello, Peter. Hey, how's it going, Becky? <laughs> good. How are you? I'm good. I'm um, good. We're recording from our headquarters at the Edgewater Hotel <laughs> on Front Street. It's beautiful. Whitehorse, Yukon Territory. Um, and how are you doing, Peter? I'm doing excellent. Yeah, I, um, I've had a nice nice sleep and I'm just kind of getting going. And uh, Yeah, you're working overnights right now. That's right. I, well, I was last night, so I finished at 8 and slept till about 2, which is which is a pretty good one for oh, yeah. for me. But yeah. also that is the bulk of the daylight. Yeah, that, that, that's also true. So I don't uh, didn't get my vitamin D today, that's for sure. Do you take the drops? No, but um, it's probably a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> I always I just, forget. Yeah, too. I just uh, haven't been by the pharmacy recently. I guess well, I'll get you some D drops. Oh, awesome, awesome. <laughs> um, so the first question I normally ask people, or we normally ask people, is how would you define yourself? Which is sort of a weird way of saying what do you do? What do you like? Who are you? Oh, that's a. Uh... So my my day job, the thing that pays my bills, is that I'm a, a support worker in a group home for um, mentally challenged adults, um, which is is uh, reasonably rewarding work and and generally pretty fun uh, with with moments of uh, extreme stress uh-huh. sort of sprinkled in uh, when you least expect them. Kind of sprinkle surprises. That's right. They're kind of like, a, yeah, donut sprinkles or whatever, you know, just kind of just kind of there um, when you least expect them. Uh, so that's that's the the thing that sort of keeps me busy um, on a on a on a uh, weekly basis. Um, and then I guess I've got a, um, a sort of an artistic career that I'm, that I'm, uh, cultivating as well. I, um, I wrote a book of poetry that was published by Guernica Editions out of Toronto. Um, and I've got actually another collection of poetry, um, finished, uh, that's currently being shopped around as well. So I've got this, and I, and I wrote a play a while back, so I've got this sort of um, this sort of uh, writing sideline that is is I guess really sort of more my vocation. I just haven't I just haven't figured out a way to make it uh, pay my rent yet. But yeah, it's, well, but it is my it would be I guess what I would consider my passion. Yeah, and that's and that's also where the question of defining yourself. I have to refine right. what the question is, but it's yeah, we don't always earn our living doing. Our did you say vocation? I think I said vocation. Yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah. it's a good term. So it's yeah, we do we we do a lot of things that aren't us. So not just like what's your day job isn't you, right? Kind of thing. I and and now now I appreciate the sort of the the <laughs> the, the breadth of the question. Well, that this you're is asking. my goal yeah. was to be appreciated. So thank you very much. Oh yeah, I'm very much appreciated. <laughs> I want to yeah. be um, complimented and praised. All right, that's why, all right. That's why I created well, this podcast. I'll, I'll try to get some in there. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, how long have you been writing? Oh man, and what drew you to it? Um, I guess I was like, I was sort of that kid in high school that could like write something funny and get the girls to kind of giggle at it or mm-hmm. whatever, which is I was sort of my shtick or whatever. <laughs> uh, so I guess I guess it goes all the way back to that sort of thing. Um, and uh, after high school, I wrote a few articles for. Um, the newspaper up here. Um, then I went to, then I went away to university and, um, I mean, I guess I wrote a lot of papers, but, uh, but I, I, 
sort of didn't think of myself as a writer during all that i, I was just i was just getting drunk a lot and uh, and uh you're getting drunk and getting work done I, I yeah I, I guess I'm I, impressed. Yeah, no, I it was. Can't uh, get work done. When I, I, I got a degree, so uh, <laughs> must have fooled someone. Yeah. Uh, what degree uh, did you get? Wait. I got a degree in philosophy. Yeah. 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 Well, that helps. That's, yeah, no, it, it's it's definitely definitely there's some crossover. Um, oh, I'm a, like tilt closer. This. No, this. Oh, this direction like this yeah okay okay have, have we lost the first no. part of the interview i don't even know if it's required okay i, I was holding the microphone wrong but i think i'm I think, on uh, I, I think know. i'm on track now and i tried to be so subtle <laughs> that i just made a bunch of weird gestures <laughs> I, I totally screwed that up uh, uh hopefully all hopefully it's all good um and then once I graduated, I guess I, I just sort of started getting into it and doing some freelance uh, freelance work and submitted a few like essays to magazines and stuff. And some of them were accepted. And there's a certain sort of addiction that comes out of that. They're like, uh, oh, yeah. like, like once you get something accepted, you're like, I want, I want that rush again. And, uh, it's never quite the same as the first time, just, you know, just like, like, drugs. like drugs. Yeah, yeah. but uh, <laughs> but you still pursue it anyway. And uh, and then so just kind of kept that going and um, and um, yeah, wrote a play that was that was reasonably successful. And uh, was it produced? Yeah, it was produced here um, twice, actually. And then it did a it did a fringe festival tour sort of through through Western Canada. So oh, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the question of the podcast is, and again, still refining. Mm, um, happy mm. for your praise in coming up with this question, right. but still refining. Mm. Is I think I think instead of what's something this week, what's something right now that's making you feel hopeful is the question. Now you don't have to answer that right away, but in in conversations about hope, the future, moving forward, where are you at right now? Yeah, that's a good question. Are you thinking about this at all? Uh, no, I like. Until until maybe just the other day, I hadn't really like thought about hope as a as a concept or as a oh good you know like 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 whether I was hopeful or not hadn't really like crossed my mind. And then when you asked me to think about something I was hopeful about, um, I I'm ashamed to say it took me a little while. Don't it took, be ashamed. It, it took me some doing. Like uh, no, don't be ashamed. That's like, been a pretty uh, that's been a through line. Am in this. I hopeful about our like our the the geopolitical scene in the world not not particularly mm -hmm. uh, or the or the 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 climate uh the climate change stuff not particularly hopeful about that either mm -hmm. um so it was uh and i i don't think of myself as a morose person necessarily but uh but it was a bit of a check i was like shit what what am I hopeful about and uh well i came up with a question and i struggled to answer and, it yeah so, so um it was a bit of a yeah. It was like man, and also yeah. let's also just say like you know for me, I wanted to start this project and these conversations to really just to unpack and deconstruct the notion. Mm. We, maybe we don't need to be hopeful. Maybe it's not good. Mm -hmm. I don't know. The, these mm. are also in the realm of thoughts about mm -hmm. this. But so you brought up um, climate change. That's something that is coming up a lot, and also mm. it's something I I think about a lot being up in the north, mm -hmm. and I don't know if. The attitudes are different. The things that are being seen are different. Uh, okay, well, I'm not. I'm by no means a climate scientist, right. so I'm not going to pretend to. No, none of us here be, are experts. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> we don't really know I, what I, we're I doing. Just, yeah. uh, <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, try to get through every day. But um, I think the sort of the 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 wisdom, the lore, is that uh, that changes are more prevalent. In the in the in the northern in sort of the circumpolar regions of the world, mm -hmm. um, and and we certainly have we certainly have seen a lot of that. Um, just, uh, I mean, it was it was it was very very cold the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, but that's about as cold as it's been here in over a decade, and and it's um, really yeah yeah. I mean, I was here last year and it was about that cold, but not for as long. Maybe. Yeah yeah. Um, 
and uh and it it sort of pales in comparison to what i went what what things were like when i was you know a kid here mm-hmm. so there's that um I mean, we can feel that in Toronto too. I I can feel that in Vancouver mm-hmm. too. I was in Vancouver this summer, uh-huh. and it like didn't rain. Right? Yeah. Well, and I was yeah, like, I know it's drier in the summer, but this is this is this is silly. And this yeah, and having silly. and for me, having yeah. spent twenty years away from Vancouver, I was like, well, I really mm-hmm. really see the difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we have um, we have like lots of moisture in the ground that's been frozen, and we call it permafrost. The permafrost, yeah. yeah. And then as that thaws out, that causes all kinds of crazy things to happen. Like what? Um, well, like it's it's killer on roads. It causes roads to crack up. Oh, and, but it's uh, also it's also releasing like carbon monoxide. I suppose it is. I yeah. think I read an article, yeah, a no. very scary well, article you're, you're about probably that. Probably right. Yeah, I mean, so, um, yeah. I wish I, I wish I could pull up all the details of all the articles I read, but I'm one of those classic, like, I read a thing. But, yeah, yeah. it's like, well, if the permafrost releases yeah. all the carbon dioxide, we're just yeah. absolutely uh-huh. toast. So, yeah. So let's yeah. let's yeah. keep let's Hopeful, keep it hey? let's keep yeah. it well. Yeah. This is okay. So Dan, my co-host, who's not here with me right now, early on pointed out like this is two sides of a coin. Hope yeah. is has two sides of the coin, uh-huh. and I don't think any of us want this to be a space to just go. Did you see a kitten? <laughs> Did you see a cute kitten today? Um, yeah, yeah. Tell me about that, and then yeah. everything else goes away. Yeah. Um, but we do continue to move forward. So mm. why and how and what and what's what do we enjoy about moving forward when everything we see in the future feels no oh, difficult? Goodness. Um, but we do. This is the thing. We do no, move forward. We absolutely do. We uh, we keep going. Um, <laughs> Maybe we can't help it. I don't know. Like if you have kids, that's that's certainly a thing. Do you I have don't kids? Ha- I don't have kids. <laughs> me neither. So that's. <laughs> I'm really searching for a reason to keep going here. Um, well, how about this? <laughs> I, I asked you if you would read a poem, and you said you knew which one you wanted to read. Yeah. So maybe we'll read that, and then we'll, we'll talk about kind of a, kind what of that a choice poetic, was. Poetic uh, intermission. Okay. Yeah. All um, right. So, just pull it up on my phone here. Uh, I'll give a bit of a backstory please. to uh, to the lovely listeners, if you don't mind. Uh, I um. I went down to Toronto in the in the fall of 2016, and um, that's where I wrote my first book of poetry uh, over about six months in Toronto. And um, and I guess I guess I kind of needed to be hopeful about the uh, about the prospects of what I was doing. I had to I had to really believe that I wasn't just wasting my time. I, I certainly didn't have a a publishing deal or anything at the time so i just had to kind of keep going fueled largely by hope i suppose and this poem i off the top of my mind is perhaps one poem that uh that kind of reflects that it's called quandary i've adopted a devil a devil may care financial attitude debt in the service of poetry is badass. But yesterday a job prospect arrived. After failed pizza joint applications in Toronto, 31 Yukon government bucks an hour sounded good. Good enough to truncate my literary sabbatical? I went to an open mic that night. The weather was shitty and so was I. I was not a badass wordsmith, but a pragmatist considering the job as I performed. Today I made calls, texted friends, sought perspective. As I did, I composed this poem in my mind. I couldn't help it. So I'm staying in Toronto as planned. I'm a poet, goddammit. Let bureaucrats quake at my sight. Thank you. Thank you. This is when um, in front of an audience, they'd go nuts. That was (laughs) incredible, Peter. (laughs) They like the, they like the, I'm a poet, goddammit line. They, they, they think. Well, and this is, um, if I may gush about you for a second. If you may. Allow me for a second. Let's just praise each other back and forth. One of the things that um, I, I, I saw Peter perform last year. And one of the things I really liked about watching or loved about it was how electric the performance is. And, and this is it. This is what we should be talking about. Given that that's what you wanted to Mm. you immediately knew when we were talking about hope this is it we don't have to think about hope right now in the largest scale Mm, yeah um because this is beautiful Uh and um so 
I have so many questions. I don't know where to start. Um, so there's something there's something beautiful in the life is life is life. You can make a bunch of plans, but they're kind of you don't you never know. Mm-hmm. And I do feel in this era that we're in right now, we're all having to reckon with that a lot more. People who think that they know what's going on that's where it starts to quake, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, quake like the bureaucrats. Yeah, <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh, well, luckily I've never been a person that's really thought they knew what was going on. So I don't, I'm not having to like reconcile that too mm-hmm. much. I'm, uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm fairly humble about my grasp on the world and what I know. And, uh, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm every every spin around the sun. I'm just happy for. Uh, I'm just happy to be here for another year. You know, and see, I and think, try to try to be nice to people, and then I think know, as we talk yeah. about about the future and preparing for the future, that's an incredible thought. Uh-huh. That's important. Okay, I have some mm-hmm. other questions okay. just about okay. poetry in general. Sure, yeah, uh, and and a lot of this comes from my own perspective, which is poetry is what I feel like I've struggled the most to comprehend. Mm-hmm. Even just as a construct in the arts, poetry and burlesque are the two things I struggle the most to like, <laughs> and I certainly have liked them. Yeah, but I, I kind of, uh, and in different ways. So we won't talk okay. about burlesque, but in yeah, poetry, sure. it's like this piece. It's accessible enough to me. I I know it's poetry somehow. I know it's not prose, but I don't know how. I'm a little bit dumb. It's but. yeah, it's it's kind of prosy poetry. I'll give you that. Like it. it but I also uh, know that it's poetry. I can yeah, feel that. Okay. Well, um, and maybe maybe it doesn't. Maybe poetry doesn't necessarily need a definition. It's like the dang now bit. I, well, I, don't know. <laughs> I need like help. The, well, there's that uh, politician in the states who, like, 30 years ago, was like, "I don't know what the definition of porno- pornography is, but I know it when I see it." <laughs> So I don't know. That's, Maybe, that's brilliant. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly where the line between prose and poetry is, and and I I probably straddle it closer to a lot of people that call themselves poems, but I do like. Um, but poetry is essence, right? Yeah, I, I think perhaps there's something about the choice of every single word being important. Mm-hmm. Whereas maybe you know, if you write a um, you know, you write a three thousand word uh, story. Well, in theory, every word should be important there too. Yeah. But perhaps, perhaps you don't quite have the same sense of uh, immediacy. Um, or I know, yeah. I know that I've like, um, like I've worked very hard on on getting these poems right down to their essence and like mm-hmm. kind of kind of boiling off all the fat and just leaving the leaving the whatever what do you want the bone the meat <laughs> <laughs> i got ahead of myself with that metaphor <laughs> that's okay um, um well, yeah how about yeah. even this i mean what's what, the other thing that i really took away from that piece is is um you know the artistic impulse and the the so poetry is an interesting one because and writing in general because what is your desire in these poems towards other people to me there's a forward motion in that you you make a poem to then be delivered to others sure, for them to receive. Sure, yeah. Um, How do you relate to that notion? Well, I like. I I mean, it's all. I always take it as a great compliment where when people come up to me and they're like, "I read this poem and it really resonated with me," mm-hmm. and then maybe they tell me a little story about themselves. And I think like poetry. And and maybe art in general is maybe designed to make everyone feel a little less lonely mm-hmm. somehow. And when you read something and you're like, I know that, and you're like, you know, you're like, there's someone else in the world that's 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 had the same experience or had the same thought as me. And I think, I think that's always powerful. And whenever someone comes up to me and says, um, this poem really meant this to me, you know, that's that's like no greater compliment. Um, well, it's magic. And yeah, you, you can yeah. write all these things down, store them in a book, close it, put it on a shelf and it's still there. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, yeah, it's time so, travel and it's and, magic. And I mean, like, you know, I've read books that are 300 years old and yeah. like, I'm like, I, I know that like, like, so, y- you know, 
Should we be um, making more time capsules? <laughs> Is that how we relate to the yeah, future? Yeah, maybe, maybe we should. I got a, I've got a, a shovel. We could like <laughs> put some stuff in a coffee container Let's and get uh, through that permafrost yeah, and uh, dig through the permafrost. Should be easy. Should be easier. Yeah. So, it's, but here's a question: you also okay. you also perform this work, and I've seen you now twice. Now it's like an artsy crowd, but in a more rough and tumble sort of environment. Mm, yeah, and and that also feels like something forward moving i mean up here in the yukon communities seem to overlap more than in toronto you've lived in both yeah i i think that's i think but there's like outreach involved like mm -hmm. and by which i mean outreach can sound a bit like a pat on the head type idea but i mean like reaching out and and like making poetry accessible in mm. spaces where poetry is the last thing you think you'd be finding right right and like um uh I, I have performed poetry like a few times at my my local bar, which you you've seen, which is where I believe you've seen. Poetry, oh yeah, and right, and that's not necessarily like necessarily you wouldn't you wouldn't walk in there and be like, oh, this is a poetry venue, you know. But um, it works. But it works, and, and also and people think, like chirp out yeah. and you adapt, which I find quite unusual because <laughs> again, you've you've chosen all these words perfectly, or. Uh -huh. or is, whittled them down and then it might have to change in the performance tonight right though. right right yeah, yeah. well I, I i yeah i guess I, I like the performance aspect of it and and to a certain degree there's a bit of like interaction with the audience or like if you drop your microphone <laughs> you can either be really embarrassed about it or you can try to turn it into your benefit and make a joke about it or whatever. So I, I like the, um, I like the, I like, I, I, I like the sort of the interplay and the, and the, and then if someone, if someone from the yell, audience yells something out, then, um, you can either ignore it or you can yeah, acknowledge it. And, and maybe there's something that good, good that comes out of that acknowledgement yeah yeah I, I like that i i yeah when i get up there i kind of um i become a bit of a performer it's, for its sure. own and thing. it's a bit of a release yeah. for me yeah um so so yeah. i have i have a question up here um it feels like with the extremes in temperature survival is much more present in people's minds and and yet you've specialized in writing yeah. <laughs> how do you relate to the notion of survival up here I mean, it gets cold for me too, just because I'm a writer. So, like, I still like, um, I still need to bundle up when it's cold out, or yeah, or whatever. Um, but I guess I mean, like, I think about this for my own self okay. too. Is like, I don't I, the skills that I've invested my time in developing. Will they be useful? <laughs> right, right. When, 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 like the apocalypse comes. <laughs> if, if any level of shit hits any I, level I, of fan, I don't know. I think we'll still need song and dance people. You know, we'll still need people to like to enrich. Like even even if we've gone through a, a nuclear holocaust, and yeah. it's just a small nucleus of us surviving. I think we'll still need people to tell stories and sing songs and and uh, and and say jokes. You know, I think that that sort of stuff. Um, is not is not is not kind of as as immediate as food water and shelter but it's also it also gives reprieve for people so i think even in a nuclear holocaust uh, artsy flakes like us will still uh, <laughs> will still will still have a place and a, and a, and a, you know i th i think we'll be okay this is I, what I, I need I, to hear i think it's i think it's, <laughs> In a very serious way, I think the arts enriches society. Um, yeah. Even if that society is on like the brink of destruction, I think you still need arts. And I mean, I mean, like you, you know, you, you've seen that in like Eastern Bloc countries yeah. where there's been like punk music scenes that have sprouted up, and mm -hmm. in, in like before the wall came down or whatever, and. Uh, um, and it's it's not yeah. like it isn't happening right now. I mean, I think that we sort of separate these ideas sometimes in our minds that like, you know, there are places that are in gigantic amounts of distress right mm, now and the mm. and art is incredibly important. Mm. It's underground, it's communication. Mm, mm. Um I mean, I've been 
I, I've actually I won't name names because I've been some places with repressive regimes and um, I've met artists there and it's like this is the heavily metaphored work mm-hmm. is the line of communication mm-hmm. and criticism. Sure. And it's really interesting because the audiences actually get a way higher level of understanding to much more complicated mm-hmm. displays. Mm-hmm. When they need to, yeah, and uh, you know, in in a repressive regimes, you can't necessarily be literal about everything because no, you know, you'll find yourself in a gulag uh, or a, yeah, or a pit or yeah. whatever, whatever, whatever the whatever the instrument of choice is, pretty quickly. Absolutely, so you got to you got to find metaphors, you got to find um, you got to find allegories, you gotta you gotta invest in satire, you know, you you got to find ways to get around the 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 brown shirts or whatever yeah whatever and in, the case may be. when times are nicer I think those things can seem fancy and 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 superfluous uh-huh. all the the metaphor and and it's sort of pageantry and ribbons on everything uh-huh. but truly those are the things that 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 mask the most important messages in dire mm-hmm. times mm-hmm. well yeah that's that's, hey, that's hopeful. That's I mean, a yeah. great oh, thing to end we on. We got to a good place somehow. I I, yeah, man, I got <laughs> yeah, to do yeah. a new thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's been Peter. Peter, plug your stuff. What's your, oh, are yeah. you on? Are you on social media? Do, oh, can, I, I'm. Can, I'm not particularly good at social media. I do have a uh, a Facebook account. Um, just a personal Facebook. Just a personal great. Facebook. I know. I know. I. I no, I was told today Twitter's not big in the Yukon. Yeah, I've got a Twitter account, but I don't know how to use it. So I'm gonna. Be, I'm already uh, linking to you when yeah, we promote okay. this. Yeah, okay. I, I should really. Maybe that'll be like a a 2020 goal is to get more uh, get more media savvy. Um, but uh, you can buy my book. Yeah. Um, it might be in your bookstore, but more than likely you'll have to go to Amazon.com. It's called Downtown Flirt. Um, and uh, like I said, I've got another book in the hopper, so hopefully, hopefully I'll find some generous uh, company to publish that. And uh, generous, you mean smart? That would be smart, yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully an insightful company will, uh, yeah, do that. Um, so I, that's yeah. I wish I could say follow me on Twitter, but it's it's probably not worth. Like your you time. can. Yeah, I mean, like I've got twenty <laughs> followers, and I'm following fifteen people. So, <laughs> I mean, we're going. <laughs> it's not. It's not like a dynamic scene on my Twitter account, but well, uh, but uh, maybe that's what 2020's for. Maybe. Yeah, 2020 is the year get, of Twitter and Peter Jickling. Yeah, Instagram, man. F- uh, selfies, selfies everywhere. Yeah, take a ton of selfies. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Bye. Ah, yeah, thanks a lot, Becky. That was awesome. The H Word Podcast is produced by Stacey McGonigal for The Shop. Follow The Shop on Instagram at the underscore shop T-O. Artwork this week by Ian Phillips and our theme song, as always, by Laura Barrett. For information on all of our artists and guests, please follow us everywhere at The H Word Pod.